Welcome to Let Me Ascertain You, a podcast series featuring performances from the Civilian's ongoing investigative cabaret series. What you're about to hear are recordings of live performances by the Civilian's and special guests live on stage in NYC. On this special podcast, we'll take you inside the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. The Civilian's is the first ever theater company in residence at the Met, and we've been doing what we do best, investigating. But this time, within the halls and installations of this iconic museum, you'll get a rare look into the minds of the Met's curators, who we interview to find out more about how and why they acquire certain artworks for their collections and the compelling stories behind these historical objects. Given our interest in beauty, sex, love, and the body is focused for this Let Me Ascertain You, we asked the curators to speak on these topics in relation to the artworks and historical periods they specialize in. This past September, we turned their interviews into monologues and songs, which we performed in the Petrie Court Cafe at the museum itself. This was the first of three performances we'll have throughout our Met residency, so be sure to check back here as well as on www.thecivilians.org to hear more about our two upcoming shows at the Met. First up, we have David Kale performing an interview we did with Luke, a curator of European sculpture and decorative arts. I have to say, one of the things that I think is absolutely pertinent is the, the question of the power, I guess, of beauty to uh, inspire different forms of love. Da Vinci, in his notebooks, kind of sums it up for me. I mean, he talks about a painter who, who paints a saint, a female saint, and probably Mary Magdalene, who, after all, kind of combines the whole business of saint and sinner in her person, although, I mean, it's not specified. And he, he talks about how the owner of this picture fell in love with it. And then fell in lust with it. And I think that's where the problem comes. So he's now faced with a picture of a woman on his wall who is a saint, and yet he's harboring impure thoughts. And um, well, he asked the painter to remove the attributes of the saint so that she just becomes a woman, and he can kiss the image with impunity. So there's a, there's a kind of Pygmalionism. And then... He realizes he's done something bad. He sort of defiles the saint, not just the picture, by doing this. Now, um, ah, the Saint Sebastian statue, the Fury Master in ivory, 17th century, an Austrian piece. You know, it's, it's, it's not intended to have any kind of a sexual charge. And I think that it actually manages to avoid it, which is why I think I'm really interested in this piece. <laughs> it's, you know, here is a man who is very beautiful and uh, who is suffering. I think it expresses a special kind of love. In other words, he is giving his life for his faith and his vulnerability and beauty of his body are part of this. His beauty acts as the space between worldly existence and his heavenly one. I mean, when you look at this piece, it's very charged that way. 
I mean, when you look at his feet, he has a kind of clenched talon quality of being like as if he's trying to root himself into the ground. And, and, and the, the reason why we all fell in love with it, I mean, the reason why we all wanted to purchase it for the museum was his beautiful flutter of his fingers as they raise to heaven. I mean, his wrists are bound, but they're not, they're not bound to, to the tree. He's sort of becoming the tree. He's moving upwards, and the flutter of his fingers echoes the tree growing up to heaven. I, I think it's very interesting from that point of beauty, as I say, almost becoming divine beauty before our eyes. And I, I think that the difficulty is that given that the body is the body is the body, how do you avoid making a beautiful body that shouldn't be sexually desirable sexy? I mean, it's incredibly easy to get wrong, I think, as an artist, to create an image of ecstasy. But most people have undergone bodily ecstasy. You know, I don't think I've ever undergone spiritual ecstasy. But most people have undergone bodily ecstasy. I mean, with any luck. <laughs> but really, how do you persuade the viewer that something is true, that you can understand what bliss feels like if you've never understood bliss or a spiritual vision for yourself? I mean, the question then becomes, how do you take your daily experience and transform it in such a way as to subtly move it from one thing to the other. Um, yeah, so hi, so this is just me playing me. Uh, Steve, you know, uh, the first time I remember seeing an image of Saint Sebastian was in a Derek Jarman film. Yes, <laughs> of course, I'm sure your Latin has improved because of it. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, you know, and then, uh, yeah, every gay artist was having St. Sebastian showing up somewhere. And uh, the question that occurs to me is, in the context of when this sculpture was made, might they be thinking other men finding St. Sebastian sexy? I mean, I guess I mean, speaking for myself, I see a sculpture of a beautiful, almost naked man tied up to a tree looking like he's in bliss and, you know, certain thoughts run through my mind. Well, even if the viewer has a response to this image that's more like physical arousal, the subject matter to some degree transforms that response to the body, arousal, it purifies it. I think that it, it, it's, it's an object that could almost purify arousal. I mean, don't misunderstand me. I understand. I've, I mean, I understand the physical arousal of this image. After all, I am a curator of the decorative <laughs> arts department. <laughs> now, this marble Adonis statue of the naked hunter in bed done by Antonio Corradini, Venetian, is really interesting. Again, I mean in a very different way. 
in a much more explicit way. This is a sculpture that takes love and falling in love, as it seems. And the really interesting thing about this piece, again, is that it's about falling in love with the thing that is represented with a man and falling in love with a work of art. The French artist Jean-Baptiste Gilles made, 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 a, made a life-size image of a Maltese terrier. <laughs> now, its name is Musette and it's currently in our collection. Well, and people's reaction to it are interesting because some people like it very much and some people don't like it at all. <laughs> and what, um, what, what it turns out that people that like furry little dogs or not, I mean, some people hate furry dogs, small furry dogs, and all they want to do is kick it over the fence. <laughs> and they want to do that with this sculpture. But now the thing is, they, they might not be consciously aware that their judgment isn't at all about the object that is the work of art. I mean, it's about the furry little dog. So um, when you're looking at a naked man lying on the ground, stirring in his sleep with the sense that I mean, he's stirring because of our approach, then again, it's interesting to think how quickly that sculpture starts making us into the other protagonist, you know, into Venus, really. I'm gazing upon this beautiful gift. And how, as a result, the idea of it as a work of art starts fading away as we start responding to it in a human way. See, works of art are meant to be fallen in love with. And I think the curators are more comfortable with the idea of the aesthetic design, you know. And sometimes I think I, we're not comfortable with admitting that these things should be sexy and arousing. I think that there is still a kind of odd sense of transgression involved here. We've come to believe that desire belongs in one realm, in, like in the slutty world of the internet. <laughs> but our responses to high art should be of that pure kind we talked about before. And, and when we're talking about an image such as this one, sometimes there's an unwillingness to, I think, to embrace the two kinds of parallel desirability. And one thing you should never forget is the love that curators have themselves for objects. I mean, to what extent do we love things that we want to buy them? For the Met. <laughs> and, you know, that obviously... That's stemming from many profound scholarly reasons, sure, but the, 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 there's also something instinctive about it. And eventually we hope that our visitors will fall in love with these objects too. <laughs> Next up, Daniel Jenkins performs our interview with James, another curator of European sculpture and decorative arts. And then finally, Michael Friedman will perform an original song that he wrote and performed called Like a Virgin. Not to be confused with Madonna's hit song, although it does have more to do with Madonna than you might think. 
This song is based on an interview with Melanie Holcomb, a curator of medieval art, about a sculpture of none other than Virgin Mary, the original, like a virgin herself. But first, here's Daniel. It's got to have great oomph. When you choose a piece, uh, you got to love it or just forget about it. It's uh, a whole lengthy process. You never know what it is. You, you don't really know what you're looking for uh, until you see it. I've been a curator at the Met uh, since 1959, and before that as, uh, you know, as a, a student intern, so forever. I, I know the place fairly well, and so I was thinking we'd talk about those things close by in the Petri Court. I think we'll talk about the marbles. Yes. Let's talk about the, the Fountain of Desire by Louis-Claude Vasset in the arcade of the Petri Court. Um, it comes from the Chateau d'Ampierre, an important French chateau. Um, she is an updated Aphrodite. Uh, wringing the water out of her hair, and she graced either an entrance hall or perhaps a dining room where the water might be useful to rinse out glasses or something perhaps like that. She is the embodiment of beautiful. I think anybody that was in the chateau at that time would lust after her. She's um, inviting. Her hip and her proper right flank curving up this way and, and the arm embracing her face make you uh, feel invited to uh, share some of her pleasure in life. <laughs> it's just full of indication, I find. I, I think she's setting up a shared experience between herself and the viewer and not precisely erotic, but certainly inviting. This w wouldn't have been shown in the salon, so it can be a little bit extra sexy. It's just not meant for eyes other than that of the Duke and his guests, really. It's, it's private delectation. <laughs> Let's talk about... Ugolino and His Sons by Jean-Baptiste Carpo. People always want to know what the hell is going on. <laughs> Carpo was a pre-de-Rome winner and he, against all objection from the director of the French Academy in Rome, insisted on carrying out this scene from Dante from the Inferno. Ugolino was a tyrant whose enemies ganged up on him and he was cast into a tower with his two sons and his two grandsons and, and the key was thrown into the Arno River and they were left to starve to death. And that's basically what we're seeing. So this is about parental love and filial love, and we have it from Dante that the sons beg him to eat them. And it's already too late for one little boy. He's obviously 
expired, and the other is still going and imploring him to... And we don't know. And Dante leaves us in suspense, and so does Carpo. We'll never know whether he ate any of their flesh or not, but that makes the story more chilling, and his wish to illustrate it with, with maximum strength. There was never really anything like it before. And we have Carpo hiring uh, handsome Italian models at his own expense, feeding them and housing them, a whole family of Roman models to inspire him. Uh, but I, I say it, it's not about lust. Uh, you know, nobody's ever asked me, in spite of all this work I've been doing, was he gay? Well, certainly not. These boys are uh, they're not in it to show off their bodies or to engage in anything of the sort. This is pure spirit and uh, all in the name of anguish and pain and, 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 and family feeling. Uh, obviously, the experience of the male body is, is tremendous. He, he studied cadavers and musculature just like Michelangelo before him. You have absolutely wonderful attention to classical form where it's exaggerated in, in these wonderfully clenched fingers and toes. In the exhibition, we had it in a, a smallish gallery that created enormous drama. Uh, here, the, the light is sort of filtered out in a way and, 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 and more general, but, but there, up close and personal, it, it was a staggering effect on people. I, I, I think I've given you quite a lot. I, I could talk myself blue, but I, I would, I, I had started thinking about love or passion at least and So this is for like a performance, like a showbiz met curator talk. Well, that's, I mean, and you can use all this, what I'm saying, as long as you don't embarrass me or I don't embarrass myself or embarrass the institution. Yeah, you can embarrass, I can embarrass myself, but you don't want to embarrass the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And you know, as your creative juices flow and your composer, and if all this stuff isn't going to work, and I have to be excised, I don't take offense, though I always like to have the Middle Ages on view, because I think everything comes from the Middle Ages. So you're talking about beauty and sex, okay, we got that, but in the Middle Ages, you know, it runs in a very different vein. Like we have the sculpture called the Vierge Verta, which means the opening of the Virgin, or, or the Virgin who opens the statue, literally opens up, 
When she's closed, she looks just like a regular virgin. But then, you get to open up her body and see all kinds of pictures inside, and it's a whole kind of peekaboo thing with her, which of course the Virgin Mary isn't violet, that's part of her mystique. She's unpenetrated, right? And here we get to look inside, to get at that unattainable, ultimately desirable, um, young virgin, right? So that's why there are a lot of pictures of virgins. Then, there's the story of the nursing virgin, where a venerable monk sits by a statue of the virgin, singing praises to her, and doing all those devotional things that um, you do with like works of art if you're a devoted Christian, I guess. And at a certain moment, the statue kind of opens up her shirt, and um, breast milk kind of spews from her breasts right into the mouth of the devoted monk. But you know the best way to kind of understand sex in the Middle Ages? It's veneration that's expressed as art and desire, devotion that is focused on the body. Honestly, you know who got it best? was Madonna, she totally understood it, that being the pop star Madonna, not the virgin, you know, like a virgin, like a prayer. Madonna got the link between intense religiosity and sexual desire, does that make sense? Like, with Jesus, these life-size pietas, in which the beautiful, limpid, dead body of Christ is sort of laid out for you, for your veneration and like thrust into your face this unlike gorgeous body and next to him two people they are patrons of the arts contemporary people so they're right there in it with the body of christ but they're also on the outside looking in and then with the small crucifixions we have sort of it tends to be nuns that are linked to this you know kind of fondling holding the beautiful body of jesus on a crucifixion and putting it between your breasts and I'm, um, you know, sleeping with it and having kind of having this very close physical rapport, this very intense um, union with God. And a lot of these objects are meant to facilitate this union. The monk and the virgin, the nun and Jesus, the patron and the object of devotion. It's about a relationship, right? You and God all alone. To hear more of these podcasts, subscribe to Let Me Ascertain You on iTunes. You can also find all of our past episodes there. To see The Civilians live, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook to hear more about our performances at the Met and beyond. Thank you for listening. <laughs>